Have you felt like the stressors in your life were just too much? Have you found yourself feeling overwhelmed and down for long periods of time? Today on our Be Well podcast, we'll talk about burnout. Welcome to our eighth episode of Be Well. Be Well is a podcast that helps Nicolet College students and staff learn more about all things related to mental health. Our goal is that you learn something you didn't know before and to connect you to resources. Thanks for being here with us today. My name is Erica and I'm your host. Our Be Well podcast would be impossible without the partnership between Nicolet College and Transitions Counseling. Through this partnership, enrolled students can receive up to 10 free counseling sessions through Transitions Counseling. Kim, a counselor at Transitions, is joining me today. Kim, thanks for being here today. Hey, Erica. Thanks for having me back. So, Kim, we're talking about burnout today, and I think for all of us, a good place to start is talking about what is burnout. Yeah, so um, Herbert Freudenberger technically coined the term burnout in 1975 and he defined it by having three characteristics um, emotional exhaustion depersonalization and a decreased sense of accomplishment so this feeling we get from having kind of constant demands, feeling overwhelmed by all the demands, feeling drained by all of our roles and responsibilities. Um, And to the point where we feel like nothing we do really makes a difference, like the progress, um, we're not seeing progress despite all of those efforts. And I think for a lot of people, when we hear burnout, we kind of put that in the work category. You hear a lot about burnout at work. The Harvard Business Review reported that um, 20 to 30% of teachers in America have moderately high to high levels of burnout. There were similar rates found in professors and humanitarian work. And among healthcare and medical professionals, it rises as high as 52%. So, you know, a lot of the research is around work, and those numbers probably don't surprise most people, and they probably don't surprise people that are in those fields. But we're, we're seeing this burnout happen more than just at work, kind of across all different life areas um, over time. So, you know, some of the things that you have mentioned were like emotional exhaustion or feeling like we didn't accomplish something. And I can think of like days where I've had that feeling. Um, but what makes burnout different than just, you know, a bad day um, mm-hmm. where you may feel one or many of those indicators. Yeah, I think that the key here is over a long period of time. And, you know, when I look at those three symptoms, I look at a progression. So there's emotional exhaustion, which in fact is what most researchers um, will point to as far as what is impacting our health the most, uh, that we'll see higher rates of all of these different, you know, medical and health issues come up because of the emotional exhaustion, that day in and day out stress response happening. Um, Then you kind of move to the depersonalization where you're just like lost the empathy, like you just, your compassion meter is broken. You just, the heart's not in it kind of thing. 
And then I kind of see the decreased sense of accomplishment, that last, you know, marker to be that kind of depressing despair that nothing you do matters. So, I mean, it's not that linear and it's not that, but that's how kind of I see it in terms of what's the difference between just an emotionally exhausting day versus burnout over a really extended period of time. Yeah. So like a bad day or even a bad week, I think we've all had those, you know, there is quick recovery kind of after those few days or day where, you know, burnout sounds like something that can be much more serious. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think that what people, one thing is, do these stress, it, it can be a snowball effect. So did that, does that bad day pile on top of another bad day, pile on top of another bad day, weeks to months to years? Um, and, and how are people managing or recovering or bouncing back or being intentional and engaged when that bad day happens so that it doesn't snowball? Mm-hmm. Got it. So you mentioned some of the signs, you know, how emotional exhaustion can be connected to health and how you can have a feeling of despair. Um, What are other signs that could indicate to someone that either they're burnt out or someone they know is experiencing burnout? Well, definitely health effects. You know, when our body, uh, you know, I hone in on this a lot. It's not the first time I've talked about the mind-body connection. And there becomes this vicious cycle then where our body is trying to scream at us that you need to slow down or you need to do something. Or I have had stress hormones flushing through me for way too long. You know, you need to stop. And, and, um, we end up getting sick. There's all kinds of various things, um, that can happen. A lot of times I think it's when there doesn't seem to be an answer. Um, you go in and, and there's no, there's no real cause. Um, but that can be huge. Um, some other indicators that maybe our stress response has just been highly activated for way too long, um, is kind of engaging in the same kind of pointless things over and over again, kind of like the broken record and, and obsessive thoughts can happen. Um, checking behaviors, just that kind of on auto repeat, but it's not helpful. Um, Brene Brown actually coined the term chandeliering. So when this happens, it's probably a pretty big sign of burnout. And that's when, you know, something happens and we just jump to the ceiling in our emotional reaction. Like it's way out of proportion of what just happened. That can, I kind of equate that to like the pot of water is already really hot. And like one more thing just makes it bubble over, but that thing wasn't really as big as as the reaction so that can be a really good sign uh, that that there's some burnout happening um uh the nagaski sisters they wrote the book burnout and they they kind of compare this next one to like a bunny hiding under a hedge like you just want to run away like you just want to you know hide under a bush kind of that flea reaction and the fight or flight um so those are those are some of the key indicators that this is kind of a snowball growing bigger than it should. Yeah. And, you know, your stats that you gave, you know, show some of those occupations that experience it more, 
but you also made the point that it doesn't always tie to work. And one thing I'm hearing a lot in the news right now is, oh, pandemic burnout. Like people are Mm -hmm. experiencing burnout with the pandemic. So that's like a life circumstance Mm -hmm. that is potentially causing people burnout. Like is what about life circumstances, whether it's work-related or not, um, causes that burnout? Well, it's a, if we go back to the smallest common denominator, it's stress. There's a stressor. So something that needs to be done or some kind of threat if, you know, we're going to go really basic. Our body is designed to react to that, to give us, to get us safe. Um, Modern day stressors are not necessarily physical threats, but we need to keep up on bills and phone calls and emails and maybe parenting. We need to keep up with our kids stuff, maybe caregiver roles. Um, and, And so the stressors are just kind of, they come and they come and they come and they, it's like this never ending thing, but our bodies fight or flight never gets a chance to come down. Um, we were, you know, that design is great to kind of give us, get us through those moments, but it's also designed to come back to even keel again. And so I think there's a lot to be said that this kind of fast paced, you know, sedentary go 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 world that we live in is kind of a setup for burnout in more than just the work environment yeah you know I've actually and I can't remember the term of course but I've read about not only our culture but just other cultures in this global world we're living in there's actual like words within these languages that are basically like, oh, it's burnout from overexhaustion at work. Like these mm-hmm. individuals are just working themselves to the bone, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, surprising <laughs> that we live in a world where we where we have that as like an actual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, if we look back into the simpler times, I've referenced Little House on the Prairie a lot, there was a lot more space to kind of let our bodies settle into a place we were also in much closer community um and there wasn't as much put on each individual there was kind of more of a collect we see this in other cultures too tribe cultures that are are more collective in their approach to daily living um so that there's not this never ending you're the only one that's got to make all of this stuff happen mentality it it's much more of a shared responsibility so once you've you know recognized the signs of burnout and think that you're experiencing burnout what are some ways to navigate your way out of burnout yeah, I and especially in the work environment, sometimes I think that it it feels to me like an unfair question because a lot of times it's the structure of the environment that makes it difficult and yet we really put things on the individual <laughs> in terms of managing their burnout. Um you know, so this gets into much bigger kind of uh, community action things, but we all can't do that. You know, like sometimes we just, we gotta, we're just too busy figuring out our own lives. Um, but in terms of the individual work, one of the things that 
things that I think is important is to recognize and that there is a difference between a stressor, the, the thing causing the stress and the stress itself, which is the hormone, you know, the, the cortisol, the adrenaline, the, the reaction in the body. And I'm referencing a lot of material from the book called Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, if anyone is interested in looking at that, but they you know, describe this beautifully, how just because the stressor is gone, that work project is done, or the fox is no longer staring at me in the window or whatever, doesn't mean that the, the stress in my body is not gone. And we have to find ways to, to do that. And so one of the most effective ways is moving your body exercise. It, it's that um, kind of adrenaline purge that happens when we do that. Um, and so that this, this is another reason why we recommend regular exercise, not just because it's good for the body, but because we're exposed to this chronic stress all the time and our body needs to release that. And it doesn't mean, you know, after a big work project, you go for a run all the time. It's best to just kind of keep up on it. So your body is continually kind of purging that, um, Deep breathing, that's another way to kind of signal to the body and the brain that the stress can, can diminish, the, the stress hormones can diminish. Um, positive social interactions, uh, being with your people, um, talking about it with your people or just casually socializing with your people, that's a signal. I'm in a safe place, I don't have to stress anymore. Um, laughter just belly laughing, putting on that rom-com or that, you know, sitcom that just makes you roll over. That's another major stress release. Um, and affection, you know, affection with, with your people, it kind of ties into the positive social interactions, but hugs, um, cuddling dogs, pets, uh, just kind of that physical closeness is another really good signal to the body that, the stresses can, can diminish now, the stress can release. Yeah. And I, and all of these things you're mentioning, like exercise, I'm thinking you should be trying to make space for that in your regular everyday life to even prevent getting to a burnout stage. Absolutely. Because we're not like, you know, social media is not going anywhere. Um, you know, this fast paced world we're living in is not going anywhere. We can't just, you know, quit our jobs and live off the land. And, you know, we're not going to make these kind of massive life changes where we we're not exposed to that or part of that we're part of this world. And so it is finding those rhythms and those routines. And maybe this might help shift people's perspective from why we're doing these things. You know, nothing I said is probably mind blowing, but the importance of it might change for, especially for someone who feels like they might be experiencing burnout, like, wow, exercise might actually help me with that part of my life. Not just, you know, the cholesterol numbers or whatever else it is. Yeah. And I think, you know, all of those things that you've mentioned as ways to deal with burnout are things that we've talked about to help with anxiety or grief or depression, you know, that for our overall mental health, there are things that are useful 
not mm-hmm. just for burnout. Yeah, it's interesting you pointed that out, Erica, because as I was kind of reading about burnout and thinking about that in my own life, I, I made this observation and I'm not going to like burn it in stone by any means, but anxiety, depression, burnout, sometimes it feels like we're just putting a different name to kind of the same feeling. I mean, anxiety is that fight or flight reaction being heavily uh, triggered. Depression is that despair kind of, it's not going to get better. Um, They're just two different responses to that same sort of trigger that happens. And we're just exposed to that a lot. Um, So I really think that burnout is kind of an umbrella term for a lot of the things that we've already talked about and that we keep hearing about in mental health. Yeah, really good point. Um, Is there anything else that you want to add about burnout? Yeah, so there's the, we talked about the ways to the ways to complete the stress cycle, there's a stressor and then we, you know, decompress. Um, But I also wanted to share a couple of things about how to um, keep our, our, our strength up, I guess, with this constant bombardment of stressor. One is the social connection piece of just making sure that um, we build our community um life can get busy a lot of times for families of you know two parents and a kid or um you know a single person like we are we go home and and that's that's who we have and and sometimes those are the people causing us stress <laughs> um or if you're a caregiver so having people just building up your tribe is super important. Those people to kind of vent at, those people that can hear you and understand you, those people that can just kind of hold those difficult emotions with you is super important. Which totally connects to our, you know, our previous conversations these last two months about relationships yeah. and why they're important. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They help us carry this load um, in life together. And when it's done in equal balance, it's a beautiful thing. Um, I'm there for you. You're there for me. We're all, you know, we can all relate to a lot of these things we're talking about, maybe with some different nuances or colors around it, but, you know, just the human experience in general. Um, The second thing is rest. I do not think that we talk enough about rest and, and, and I mean rest in a couple ways. I mean it in sleep. Like if there is one singular thing I could have people focus on, it's getting good sleep. It's, it's, I I just can't even emphasize how important that is and how much bang for your buck you get when you're getting good, restful sleep, your body and your brain does so much healing and so much repair during that time. Um, it's just not something I would sacrifice or have anybody sacrifice. And if it's an area that you struggle in, I'm telling you, that's going to be the biggest bang for your buck physically, mentally, emotionally, everything. Um, but I'm also talking about rest in our day-to-day lives so if we're moving every if we let's say we get our eight hours of sleep we have 16 hours awake if every single minute of that is some kind of responsibility or stressor our body (laughs) has got a lot of stress to deal with all day long and so those moments where we're not 
trying to accomplish something. We're not trying to be somewhere. We're not trying to kind of run around and just kind of whatever that looks like. It can look like different things for different people, but it is not this goal oriented, or maybe it is, but it's, you know, like you're trying to complete a project, but it's energizing to you. And it's not for someone else as much as it is for you. Um, so lots of, you know, a couple different ways to look at rest. And the last thing I would say is um, being kind to yourself. So, you know, there's external expectations we have on ourselves that create burnout. And then our inner critic can exacerbate that, like you feeling guilty about resting in stillness and not doing anything. Um, so we need to kind of pay attention to that inner critic and be gentle with ourselves and kind of rewrite the narrative that this is a good thing and this is this is a needed thing and and it's what I should be doing. That's a a great point that sometimes we're our harshest critic. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you again, Kim, for being here with us today. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. As I shared earlier, Nicolay College students can receive free counseling appointments with Transitions Counseling. Appointments are offered via telehealth video conferencing, phone, and at the Transition Center in Rhinelander. Please call 715-365-6696 to make an appointment. Thank you again for joining us today. Join us next month as we talk about mental health in the LGBT community. Be well. Be well.